Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talks with the Gratitude Chick. I am your host, Luanza, aka the Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at the Gratitude Chick for Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Tuesdays. So um, just as a little caveat, um, I love the Your Reading Corner episodes, and previously it was two, and I had pushed it to one, but this week we're going back to two, Um, just simply because I just love uh those episodes i do and i wanted to be i'm gonna just push it back to two episodes and instead of it being tuesdays and thursdays it's gonna be wednesdays and thursdays so i just thought i would you know give that little caveat so today um today's topic is gonna be self-care now i know um i think i told you guys either on social media or maybe on one of these episodes i've been recording a lot um that I am on a self-care journey. Um, and so what that means for me is putting myself first. And it, it really is, in essence, putting myself first. And putting myself first in health, trying to get my health better. Um, you know, of course, always, not necessarily money-wise. Of course, that's like the end product, of, you know, um, but more so doing the things that I love to do. Currently, um, I have decided to take a step away from corporate America to pursue my own goals. I work hard for other people. And now I want to put that same work ethic and that same drive into working on my own goals and dreams. And my goals and dreams are, number one, building my own platform where I can speak and two, writing. So that's where I am right now. I am almost finished with 21 Days of Thankfulness. It is going to be a book and then a workbook. So it's going to be two different things. Um, I think they're going to come out at the same time. The book is almost done. Um, I am debating with the book if I am going to add my personal journey in there which I'm not sure because I don't know if I can be very forthcoming because my personal journey to becoming the gratitude chick, I would have to pull in other individuals um, from my family and things like that. So I don't know if I am at a point or if I will ever be willing to put a spotlight on, you know, people who put me in a position to have to, you know, you know, go through what I went through. So I don't know if I'm ready to do that because I can't tell my story without telling someone else's story as it relates to me. So I'm still, you know, kind of thinking and praying on that part. So it may just be 21 days of thankfulness or I may, you know, tell part of the story without telling the full story I haven't decided on that part yet we'll see but that's kind of where I am right now 
on my self-care journey. So it's not necessarily about money because of course in corporate America, you know, I can make whatever money I want to make because of all of, you know, my years of experience. But I don't want to work hard like that and have my time, you know, been, you know, given to that. I want to pursue me. I am 46 years old. So all I have is now, you know, time is ticking. So I have now, that's all I have is now. So now is when I have, you know, when I can do it. I don't have children. I don't have a husband. So for me, if I'm going to pursue these goals, I have to do it now. Win, lose, draw, fail, whatever, I can do it. I can always go back to corporate America. So for now, right now, my goal here is get my books out, grow my platform, and try to inspire as many people as I as I can. That is part of my self-care journey. I believe that a lot of us work in corporate America because, of course, we have bills to pay. We have kids and we have families and we have to do these things. And on, you know, kind of this right side is all of the dreams that we had as kids and, you know, coming up through school, this is what we wanted to do, but we settled for something else because of circumstances that happened. You know, you may have gotten pregnant or whatever, so you just kind of threw your own dreams away. And what I would say, um, and if if you're not in a place like me, where and, and and understand me when I say I I'm not I wasn't in a place where I could do this. I feel very I feel so much that the Lord is just pushed me here. And it's just simply because of, you know, the pandemic and just so much that I was going through with my health that I felt pushed to say, "Hey, this is it. I'm giving you the time." do with it as what you can. You know what I'm saying? You've been wanting to do this. Here's the time to do it. So I feel like that is why I feel very strongly that this is my time. And so I am going forward and I hope that you guys support me on this journey. So as far as self-care is concerned, I have this kind of, um, this book is called Love Yourself First, How to Heal from toxic people create healthy relationships and become a confident woman and it's called the love yourself series book one by crystal laughter parker um so in this book i'm just now you know kind of starting to read it and one of the chapters is called why not love yourself first and that is um something that i have been realizing myself is that in order for me to pour into other people you can't pour from an empty drain you know, from an empty cup. Your cup must overflow. It has to. In order for you to pour good things, good things into people, you your cup has to be overflowing. And 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 that that to me goes back to Psalms 23 when David says his cup overflows, goodness and mercy shall follow him all the days of his life. So your to me, in my opinion, my cup cannot be half full. It can't be three quarters full because for me, you know, just me by myself, I have to have a full cup for me. 
So in order for me to pour into you, my cup has to be so full to it's bursting and overflowing. I have to give you the overflow. Because if I give you what's me, then I am going to be lacking. And that is something that a lot of us don't realize. You know, we give, if we only have three quarters of a cup, we give half a cup away to everybody else around us. And then we are struggling on a quarter cup. And that is how, you know, we end up end up in arguments and all kind of toxic relationships because we settle for things that we that are beneath us because we we are only a quarter cup full in loving ourselves because we have taken all of that and given it to other people and they have not returned it in kind. So this says, as I have matured, I have come to understand that self-love is a necessity because it is the foundation for which all of our love is based. If your foundation is broken, then the way you love others will be unhealthy and out of balance. You will give too much to others and expect little in return. You will be so happy to have someone to love that you won't stop to ask yourself if they deserve it. Self-love is vital because it teaches you to set standards and expectations of what you're willing to accept from other people and even yourself. Self-love is a foundational part of discovering your identity. That was a word. It was a word. Because so many times, and, and, and you know, I can't speak for anyone but myself, but when I look back over my life and the relationships that I've been in, So many times I have given so much of myself to people, whether it's friends, whether it's, you know, relationships with men, I, whether it's family, I have given so much of myself and then it, it hurts me when that, when, when I don't receive me from them, you know what I mean? And this is kind of what I have told my, my niece recently, because she is experiencing the same thing. We're both Aquarius. And while I'm not really into all the astrology, I do believe, you know, depending on the sign, you do have some, you know, similar characteristics. And she and I are alike a little bit. So um, one of the things she was telling me is that, you know, um, she is not getting from her friends what she gives to them. And what I told her was, is to meet people on their level. Stop expecting you from them. And that is something that I have had to learn myself. Stop expecting from other people what you give them. You have to give out of the goodness of your heart with no expectation of return. And and, and I can say that in all honesty because... What you sow, you will reap, whether it's from the person you gave it to or someone else that you meet or just God in general. You know what I mean? Stop putting expectations on other people, especially for them to meet you where you are when they are not on your level. And that's just for real. That is something that I have had to learn. I am a giver. I've never been a taker. I am a giver. And when I give, I, I give so much because I feel like these people that I love so much deserve everything. 
And I feel like if you do something for me when I am down bad, I am going to give everything to you. That is how I am. That is who I am. You know what I mean? I have put my life on pause for my niece. And I wouldn't change that for the world. But in this new vein of thinking, sometimes I can I feel that this new self-care journey is selfish. Like I don't I don't like to tell her no, but by the same token, if she doesn't hear no from me, how is she gonna react when she hears no outside of the house? You know, because she lives with me. So if she doesn't hear no at home. How do you react when you hear no outside the house? I don't, you, you see what I mean? And, and this is, this is to me, when you, when you spoil a child so much, and I, I hate that word because I don't feel like there's a, I don't feel as far as I am concerned that she's spoiled. I feel that she is a child and, and deserves to be a child, to be happy and healthy and whatever that, that, that means. Whatever that means. I don't feel like children are spoiled because they, you know, some people say they get what they want so they're spoiled. I don't think that's spoiling because I feel like children deserve to be happy. I feel like you need to create and cultivate the idea that I can have whatever I want in life. Does that mean that when they grow up, up they'll be assholes? Possibly. <laughs> That's a possibility. But for them to have great lives and create for themselves, they have to have the ability to, and to think in their mind, I can have that. I can do this. I can, I can, I can't. I, was, I grew up with the notion that don't ask me for this. Don't ask for that. I can't afford it, so don't ask. And what happened in my life is I don't ask. I didn't ask. They, I, you know what I mean? I, I adopted those affirming statements that said, I can't afford, I am poor, don't ask, we're broke. These are things that I adopted growing up. So me, um, because I know better, I try to teach her she can have whatever she wants in life. I can be, do, have whatever I want in life. These are things that I try to teach her. I try. I teach her all the time in all things to be grateful. I tr- tell her to count her blessings every day. These are things that I teach her that nobody taught me. My grandmother tried her best, but because of the circumstances of my mother's death when I was eight, it was a hard. It was a hard thing to teach because how do you tell a child in all things give thanks when? Their mother is gone and, you know, their aunts and uncles aren't that nice and, you know, she don't have a father. So what, what do you, what, you telling her to be thankful for what? And that used to be my, my response to my grandmother is what am I being thankful for? My mother is dead. I have no father and this is how I get treated. Like what, what am I being thankful for? And I, I, I did not appreciate her saying it but she never stopped saying it until I am an adult now and my motto my life motto is in all things give thanks because of her it's it's uh, it's adapted from a bible scripture I want to say in 
one of the Corinthians. I can't, I don't know. I don't know which scripture it is, but I know it's adapted from a Bible scripture. It's like, in everything, give thanks or something like that. But it's definitely adapted from a Bible scripture. So I tried to, to pass this along to my niece. And of course, you know, she's a teenager. She doesn't want to hear that. You know, um, she doesn't want to hear me tell her to watch her words. And, you know, all she wants is somebody said this to me and I've, I got to have a great comeback. And, you know, as her aunt, my thing is, dude, let that go. But, you know, she's 14. What what can you say? You know what I mean? So my goal here is not to harp on her, but just to do like my grandmother did her, but in a better way, you know, in a better way in that I am showing her the, I want to show her the physical act of being grateful. You know what I mean? Showing her, you know, if you, if you don't have um, the ability to, uh, you know, sit down. Like some people don't want to sit down and, and count. Oh, I'm thankful for my house. I'm thankful for for my bread. You know, people don't want to just sit down and write that sometimes. So I teach her to write gratitude letters. You know, every day just sit down and write a letter. And and you know, it it depends on you and who who you put who you attach your gratitude to. I'm a Christian. I t- attach my gratitude to God. So my gratitude letter would be dear heavenly father or dear God or whatever, and just sit down and write it out. You know what I mean? I am thankful for this. Sometimes because I am a writer, if I sit down, it'll come out the same way with, you know, recording these videos. I have the gift of gab, so I don't have like storyboards or cards or anything. I literally get a topic and press play and talk. That's it. I rarely edit. Sometimes I do, um, but I very rarely edit. I just let it go. I just let it play. So these are kind of things that um, I am trying to teach her and to help her on her self-care journey. And for because there's to me, you got to start teaching your children about self care. And to me, self care is more than just grooming, it is mentally. You must teach them self care mentally. And this is why I, um, I love to teach kids about gratitude because to me, gratitude is the foundation, it is the umbrella. Of all things. That is just how I feel. Gratitude, and, and I hate to say this because I say it all the time, but gratitude is more just than just saying thank you when someone hands you something. You know what I mean? We teach our children to say thank you. And it's and, and that while that's great, gratitude is more than that. It is a it is a prayer, it is praise, it is it's all encompassing, is it, it, it is high vibes, it is all of that. Being thankful every single day, all day long, will change your life. That is guaranteed. Now, there's no way around you being grateful. You practicing gratitude every day, all day. There, there's no way your life won't change. I'm just sorry. There's no way. You will start attracting more things to be grateful for. Period. That's just that's that is just how. The, light, the, the law works. The law of attraction with gratitude, boom, you cannot, you cannot lose. So to me, gratitude is a part of self-care, which is why I am 
you know, I have ramped up a lot on like Facebook posting things about gratitude on my gratitude page is called um, the gratitude chick on Facebook. If you haven't followed me, go ahead and follow me. I am not, and, and and I hate to say this, I am not really in the group babes who manifest a lot anymore because it is no longer the direction in which I am going. So I did start a new YouTube group, group, excuse me, Facebook group. It is called The Magic of Gratitude. And that is kind of the the way that I'm going now. Not saying anything about manifestation, but to me, um, it, it's a lot of times with manifestation, because I am a Christian, it was um, walking a fine line between being a Christian and doing everything myself, believing in God or believing in self. And I think a lot of times with manifesting, a lot of it is believing you can do it all by yourself. And I'm a Christian. I don't believe that. And what I, if you listen to some of my earlier videos or earlier episodes, you'll see that I, I wavered a lot with that because I, I don't believe that I can do this by myself. So that is why I have, I am moving away from babes who manifest that group I'll probably end up giving it to someone who wants to do something with it um but I started a new group it's called the magic of gratitude and that is the group that I'm in primarily so um if you guys are on Facebook definitely join the group it's called the magic of gratitude um and definitely um follow me on Facebook uh the gratitude chick that is where those are the two accounts that I spend the majority of my time now is you know because I feel that it the the platform of Facebook gives me a better reach it gives me more opportunity to converse with people and um it's not as toxic as TikTok TikTok I really I really just hate TikTok is is really toxic and I I don't really want to be on there but I do you know go and post every now and again on TikTok but I, I I got off the topic. Sorry about that. Um, I do want to read this part before I end this um, this episode. It says, to some people, self-love can seem selfish, but live long enough and you'll find that constantly pe- meeting the needs of others is draining. When you make a habit of always putting other people's needs before your own, you will find that you have little or no time to do the things that you enjoy. This can be hard for mothers and caregivers. When you make time for yourself, you will be a better mother, friend, and person in general because your needs will have been met. When you don't have self-love, you'll allow people to mishandle you and give you less than you deserve. You, do you understand? And I'm, I'm going to read that again because that is just amazing. When you don't have self-love, you'll allow people to mishandle you and give you less than you deserve. And that is something that I can see when I look back over my life. I have always taken less than what I deserve. Not just because of you know 
not having self-love, but having low self-esteem and looking for love in all the wrong people. You know, I didn't grow up in a, in a, in a household or in a family that said, I love you. You know, at least they didn't say it to me. So I went years of my life without, you know, people saying they loved me. So when I met, um, when I met my best friend from college and her and her, you know, cousins and family, they said it all the time. I was intrigued because it was just like, what? And then they started saying they loved me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it was such a new concept because, you know, of course you hear, you've heard these words in your life. But because nobody, you know, after my mother died, I didn't, I wasn't treated that way. I was more so treated as a nuisance. Like, I was just tolerated because I was my mother's daughter. And, um, you know, that's kind of how I was treated. I wasn't treated like I, I was loved, you know, like I was welcomed. Like, I wasn't treated that way. So, as a result of that, I didn't have that self-esteem that kids are supposed to have, you know, their parents are supposed to build within them. Nobody built that in me. So I personally went, I was approved, but I also looked for love in men. You know what I mean? I had found a a best friend when I was 18. Um, She was my best friend in college and she taught me terrible things, but um, and, and the sad part is I have never been a follower. I'm always a leader. But because of all the things that I went through as a child, I latched onto her because she she told me she loved me. And I didn't realize that it not not saying it was the wrong type of love because I do believe as her friend she did love me, but she had she had so many things that she had gone through and then her family like I was really wrapped up in that their whole family you know what I mean I spent more time with them than my own family because these people loved me you know I had never experienced that before like my family did not love me these people loved me you know what I mean so I spent a lot of time with her family and with her because they gave me an expression of love that I had never had before. So I had to pause it for a minute because it was making me emotional because this really is the first time I am actually speaking about her because we don't, we don't speak anymore. We have not spoken in almost 10 years and, um, it, it, it's just because so much happened in that friendship that, it just, you know, some people are not meant to be in your life forever. And, um, but I will say that her and her family were the first expression of love that I ever felt. Familial love, brotherly love, you know, sisterly love. Like, I I loved her and she loved me. And it wasn't like a anything other than this was my, this was my homie. This was my best friend. Like I love this girl and she loved me. And and by extension, her family loved me. Like they accepted me. And I, and I'm like, what? I would, I would have paid good money to be accepted by my own family. The way I was accepted by her family. That should tell you how much her family did. And and the the, the crazy part is they did not care about what I looked like. None of that. 
they just said, Luanza, come on in. We love you. Like it wasn't any of that. My family, my family just, listen, all I can say is I was, as a child, when you lose your parents as as a child, there's something that you have to, that you have to find as a crutch to help you, you know? And one of the things that I knew that I, that, that helped me, that was my crutch was, that was my kind of lifesaver. Um, that was my emotional attachment growing up was food. And I was, I went from being the chunky kid to the overweight kid to the obese kid. That is who I was. And I was that in a family of small people. So I was judged heavily, heavily on my weight by my family. One of my uncles used to see me every time he saw me, he used to call me Big Mama. I was like 12, literally 12. And it was, it, it was not necessarily just that I was, I was overweight. I also had really big boobs, you know what I mean? So this is me as a child. I am shaped like a grown woman and I have the mind of a child. I was sexually harassed by the kids that I went to school with, not just because I went to a school that went up to 12th grade. So as a seventh grader and you have D cups as a child, you're like, I was a size like 12 and I had D cups and... I'm going, I'm seventh grade going to school with 12th graders, right? So I was harassed sexually by these adult males. I didn't know what was going on. I'm 12. My goal was to be the smartest kid in the class. That was my goals back then, you know? I used to get upset if I got a B. So having to deal with all of that at school then to you know know that my family because you know as a you you hear your family talk about you i heard them talk about me bad and so having your grandmother you know try to force you to to go out and walk around like this like <laughs> listen my grandmother loved to walk i did not get that from her and she didn't understand why i didn't love to walk well i had a lot of jiggles and I was a kid. And as a kid, you don't want to jiggle. You know what I mean? So that's why I didn't like to walk. And I didn't know how to explain to her, explain that to her. And I, I don't even think she would have cared about the explanation. You won't jiggle if you just walk. So it was just kind of the things that, you know, kind of I went through as a child being called Big Mama every time I saw my uncle. And, um, you know, just hearing the things that they would say about me, me being excluded from events with my other cousins because I was big, you know, things like that happened a lot to me. So I knew as a kid that I was different from my cousins because of, you know, I was bigger and they, my family always let me know, you know, and it wasn't like they weren't blatant about it, but it was always there. You know, my other cousins got chosen to go to places that I never went to. You know, I never 
went. It was just a lot of that that happened, you know, when I was growing up. And it was a wonder that I left and didn't really come back, you know. And when I did come back, I was bigger because I went to school. I went to college and then I had more than the freshman 15. And so when I came back, I was even larger. And, you know, a lot of stuff, a lot of things started to happen. Um, I heard a lot of uncles that I didn't even know would say things about me as if I couldn't hear them. But it was either keep the peace because I'm only there for a few days or just go off so I never really said anything and I would just leave like I I was two different people I was either very aggressive or I didn't say anything that's kind of how I lived my life I was either there were times when I was very aggressive or times when I didn't say anything like my grandfather he he would say things about my weight like one time I had I think I had my permit when I was 15 and I asked him, could I drive his car? He said, yeah, lose 50 pounds and you can drive my car. And I was like, wow. You know, things like that is what I had to endure as a child when you're going through puberty and, you know, you have all of this stuff going on and nobody really tells you anything and talks to you about what you're going through as a child. So it was, it was just a lot of stuff that I dealt with as a kid. So when I was older, I did, you know, I kind of went, looking for love in all the the wrong places. Even though, like I said, I was approved. I really was, and I really still am to this day. I did get into relationships, um, and I had sex too early in life where I didn't understand, you know. Um, and to me, there is definitely part of, uh, you know, having a self-care journey and teaching your children. Make sure you have that sex talk with them because... If they don't love themselves, definitely, definitely they shouldn't have sex because that is an attachment they are not ready for. And I wasn't ready for that kind of attachment, you know? So it is it is part to me of, of a self-care journey to teach your children, you know, to love themselves first and to pour into them so that they can have good self-esteem, you know? Nobody poured into me. It was only by the grace of God. I'm sorry, nobody poured good things into me. I had a lot of bad things poured into me. Um, One thing about being who I was, even if I had low self-esteem, nobody knew because I had a huge facade that I put on that I was beautiful. And nobody knew that that it was just, it was smoke and mirrors. Because underneath, I was who they told me I was. Fat. um, Fat. Big. Large. Well. Big mama. All those things that they said that I was is how I felt about myself. But outwardly, you didn't see that because I also knew what rejection felt like from my family. They... My family rejected me all of my life. So I didn't want outsiders to reject me too. So I put on this hard, aggressive, I am beautiful kind of facade. And that is how I appeared to other people. So my, 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 
my first advice, especially for those of you raising teenagers and, you know, especially little girls, make sure that you pour into these children good things, good things, so that they don't have to create a persona that does not work for them. Pour good things into your children. Like my niece, I never, ever, ever tell, like say bad things. And then I have an open door policy with her so that she can come. And if, if I do say something that she takes the wrong way, she is able to come and say, say it to me and I'm able to clear it up for her because I never want her to think at all. I never want her to be in a position where she has to go outside of the house to find love. I want her to know here, when you wake up, when you go to sleep, when you're just chittering on the phone or doing whatever you're doing in this house, that you are loved. I want her to know that. And guess what? At 14, she knows that. At 14, I didn't. So it, to me, I want, and even though I don't have kids and, and that is just awesome sauce, God, thank you. Not that I don't like kids or didn't want kids. I just, to me... Don't have kids if you are not in a position to mentally care for your children. I, at 46, am still not in a place to mentally care for a child. I'm better, but I have just been through too much mentally to have poured good things into a child. I did get pregnant when I was 21 and I was, I had a miscarriage and that's the only time I've ever been pregnant. And sometimes I think if I had had that kid, that would be one messed up child. Because I was not equipped at 21 to have a child. And when I see some of these young girls out here so young having children, I'm just thinking this this is our next generation that they're raising. And these are going to be children who need a lot of therapy. Because you are not equipped to have children. I'm, I'm sorry. And that's, you know, that's just kind of how I feel. Anyway, I have rambled a lot. <laughs> a lot. So I am going to have a lot more of these um, talks because they're therapeutic for me. And the more that I have these talks, I do feel like I should put my my story down but even even this episode I've said more in this episode than I've ever said on a podcast and you know again I don't want to rub anyone the wrong way but it is my story and I feel that I have to get it out because if it's still making me emotional and I'm 46 I have to get it out I can't just keep you know keep it bottled up I have to get it out so I think, and you know, I won't, you know, say any names, but I think I will tell some of my story in that book just simply because it's, it, it's, it's for me, it's freeing, it's freeing me of something that has had me bound for almost 40 years. I'm 46. My mother died when I was eight. That is 38 years of being bound by all the shit that happened after she died. So I think I may tell that story. So if anybody in my family is listening, I apologize now. I won't say anybody's names, but I apologize now because I'm, I'm going to tell my story 
as I saw it. And that means that's my truth. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. The workbook may definitely be out before the book because the book part is not finished since I've decided to tell my story in that book. But the story will not be in the workbook. So thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate so much um, that you guys still, even after the hiatus, you guys still take the time to come on in and and listen to me talk. I appreciate you guys. Don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talks with the Gratitude Chick. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars. If you have not already, join my Facebook group, Babes Who Manifest.